Hey, Chicago Fire fans and soccer fans. This is Nick with your next episode of Feed the Fire, where we are looking at all things Chicago Fire FC. And in this, our third episode of our new show here, we are looking to evaluate the current roster ahead of the 2023 season and looking at a few of the offseason moves. Uh, in one word, underwhelming would describe what the Chicago Fire have done, uh, at least on the incoming front. Let's Let's look at the outgoing transfers over this season because th- this is where the Chicago Fire actually made headlines and, and really did some nice business. The biggest one being John Duran, an $18 million transfer, which can get up to $22 million, uh, a transfer over to Premier League club Aston Villa. And that is that is huge considering that the Fire signed him uh, even before he was 17 years old uh, and then brought him in, barely played, Got a handful of games and a really good run of form. Um, I want to thank the Toronto FC defense for when Duran had that brace. Um, And and I really think that's what Aston Villa said. Wow, this kid's something special. Uh, So John Duran goes for 22 up to 22 million over to England uh, and the fire got some, got some cash sitting around. So let's see what they do with it. Now, before that, the probably the longest, story the gaga saga as many people coined it and was just nails on a chalkboard to me uh but i had to say it that one time just so you could hear it as well um but the transfer of gaga slonina to english club chelsea uh was a huge deal because it was probably the highest profile transfer of the chicago fires club history i'm gonna say going all the way back to 1998 um but additionally this was again another 18 year old a teenager who was from the chicago area who came up through the fire system who got first team minutes it was starting as a teenager who played really really well other than a small stretch of games where people will say well his his head wasn't in the game because he was talking about, do I commit to the U.S.? Do I commit to Poland? The Polish National Federation is here courting me, giving me jerseys with my name on it, coming to see me play, this and that. Um, or also, he didn't know where his club future was going to be. Everyone knew the fire were, were hearing offers from all over the world for him, uh, but mostly in England. Um, but hearing offers, so that, that really kind of gets to an 18-year-old uh, who has, you know, lived at home, played with one club most of his career, and all of a sudden is being sold for, you know, 10 plus million dollars to one of the biggest clubs in the world. So that really kind of hurt his uh, in-game play, his in-season performance. There's about three or four games there where he didn't look sharp, and there were two games where he could be, if you're that kind of person, you blame him for, for losing you a couple matches. Uh, but again, we're losing our starting goalkeeper here fire fans um so the best striker is out the best goalkeeper is out um other little bits of business that they did in the offseason they declined the option on andre reynolds a defender uh jonathan bornstein went out of contract the fire did not re-sign him uh as a matter of fact though johnny bornstein got re-signed to a club in honduras where he is extremely popular because way back when, when he played with the United States men's national team, a goal he scored in World Cup qualifying, I want to say it was against Costa Rica, but I forget exactly, eliminated that team and allowed Honduras to get into the World Cup uh, in 2014. And so everyone in Honduras loves Johnny Bornstein, and so he's going to go play a year down there and 
make a few bucks, be be a B-list celebrity, maybe an A-list celebrity, depending how big their national team culture is. Uh, good for Johnny Bornstein, but I anticipate he will be back in the United States within the next year, uh, probably coaching. He was working with Northwestern University as an assistant coach while he was playing with the Chicago Fire, working towards his uh, Class A license. So I would expect Johnny Bornstein to be back in some level in MLS or USL as a coach in the not-too-distant future. Also, Boris Sekulich was out of contract, and Sekulich, decent player, decent player. Um, same thing with Stanislav Ivanov, um, you know, did not get re-signed by the fire. A couple of guys who were solid for them, who showed up week in and week out and played competent soccer, but that was it. And those are the kind of, of spots on your roster. This is nothing against Sekulich and Ivanov, but those are the kind of spots on your roster and the players on your roster that if you are going to make a leap ahead in the standings and make a run in the playoffs, those are the positions you can't have just, eh. Guys, just average, good, competent players. You need them to be a bit above average and when called upon to outperform what their expectations are in certain games, right? If, if you have your stars, if your DPs, for whatever reason, can't bring it in a game, you need Sekulich and Ivanov to step up, and they just didn't do that. They were very consistent, but they did not step up. They probably hit their ceiling, and that's why the fire are moving on from them. And then uh, John Espinoza, uh also agreed to part ways with the Chicago Fire. Mutual parting of the ways, even though Espinoza was a bit of a head case. The Fire probably could have terminated his contract, uh, but they would have had to pay him some money for that. Couldn't move him because of his personal problems and issues, uh, spouting off stuff on social media about, I want to transfer, I want out of here, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they knew they were already negotiating from a position of weakness, so they just mutually agreed to part ways, probably the best way to resolve that. So we have lost uh, Fire fans. And those outgoing moves, our striker, our goalkeeper, um, starting right back, and uh, Sekulich, or I'm sorry, Ivanov, who actually started on the wing occasionally for the fire. So we've lost a spot starter, depth wing piece, as well as uh, do-it-all Johnny Bornstein and a couple defenders. So we are weak in the back, and we are missing a solid striker up front. So the fire went out and filled those spots in the offseason, right? Hey, kind of. Yeah. Um, they went out and signed the following. They got Jonathan Dean, a defender from the Birmingham Legion in USL, only 25 years old on a one-year deal with two years of club options. So it's a very friendly, uh, club-friendly deal here. And you've got a defender who's going to have to prove he can cut it at the MLS level, moving up from the USL. Uh, this is not an insult to the USL, but generally speaking, uh, MLS is of a higher quality. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different style, I would say, than, than some of the USL matches that I've watched. Um, but regardless, he's going to have to prove that he belongs on an MLS first squad, uh, senior squad, and to prove that he belongs as a starter week in and week out. And he's going to get opportunities because the fire are thin in the back. They bring in goalkeeper, 29-year-old Jeff Gall or Hall. Uh, previously, he was playing for Degerfors IF uh, in Sweden, where he spent his entire career in Sweden. And again, he's got a one-year deal with a couple club options after it. Uh, but 
But what's great is he's taking up a domestic spot. There was a lot of buzz that why are they signing an international goalkeeper? If, if you know anything about MLS roster rules, you don't waste an international spot on a goal. He's actually from Bartlett, Illinois. His youth club was Soccer's FC in Chicago. So he, uh, as far as I know, is considered to be a domestic player in the so- and the Chicago Fire roster builders that, that be actually didn't screw this one up as bad as people initially thought. Um, but it's great because you've got Chris Brady, again, another teenager. You've got Jeff Hall and you've got Spencer Ritchie, who's relatively young for a goalkeeper at age 30, but has bounced around and been the perennial backup. Um, so those are your three guys in your goalkeeper pool. Uh, I would give Brady the start um, at the beginning of the season, though, knowing how the Chicago Fire are, they'll probably have Hall start or Gall start and then wean Brady into it, build him up to it for the second half of the season. And we'll go from there. Um, did they add any defender? Another defender. Yes. Arnaud Soquet. Um, he'll be 31 years old when the season starts, came over on a free transfer. So a uh, decent little bit of business there for the Chicago fire. Again, getting a, a solid defender on a free transfer. He, his prior club was Montpellier over in France's league one, and he's coming over in a three-year deal. So this is one of their longer term moves. It looks like they want to be able to hang on to him and have him be around. Um, but you know, when he's 33, 34 years old playing as a defender in the MLS. We'll see if his, his legs keep up. I wonder if if they sign him at a, at a three-year deal in order to keep the money down, but then he'll end up retiring after one or two years. Maybe they they backloaded some of the money and will buy him out. Who knows? Remains to be seen. But for the time being, Arnaud Soquet is on a three-year deal, 31-year-old defender with a fire. Uh, the last signing... Marin Haile Selassie, a 23-year-old winger uh, on loan from sister club FC Lugano. So he's on loan for one season and has a purchase option. So we'll see if he fits in with his group of wingers, if he can click with Shakiri and Gutierrez, if if he can play a little one-two with Shabilko or whoever ends up be, being the first choice striker. Um, otherwise, they'll send him back to Lugano. I do like the fact that the club is making a lot of moves with FC Lugano and kind of moving some players around, moving some accounting figures around to get them off the books in the MLS. Um, but we'll see if Selassie is a, actually a proven, uh, going to be a proven MLS player. Um, looking at what we have right now on the roster, Fire fans, um, my predicted starting lineup, and again, I, I haven't watched a lot of the preseason. Um, I haven't been following a lot of you know injury reports to this point. I will admit that, but just to, to throw out some names, um, and, and let's get a conversation going here, either on YouTube in the comments, or if you want to email me, glasshousesoccer at gmail.com. Um, let me know, or you know, when I tweet the video out, when I tweet the link out, like we can get a conversation going on Twitter as well. Um, but let's throw some names out here. And I'm assuming Ezra is going to roll out that same 4-2-3-1 formation that he did just about every single game last season. You want to hear me rant about that? Go back and listen to episode two. So uh, my predicted 4-2-3-1, Chris Brady in the net, Arnaud Soquet and Miguel Navarro as your wingbacks, Carlos Turan and Rafa Chijos as your center backs, unless Wyatt Omsberg all of a sudden has had a brilliant preseason and recovered from his injury. Uh, your D-mids, no changes here. Federico Navarro, Gaston Jimenez. Your attacking midfielders, Jaron Shakiri, Brian Gutierrez, and Jairo Torres, though depending on Torres's 
uh, fitness and health and how he's having his preseason. I could see Chris Mueller slotting in there for him. Uh, again, keeping things the same as last season. And then as your striker up top, Casper Shabilker, or pff, who, who knows, maybe Victor Bezerra impresses. Maybe they bring in uh, a new striker. And speaking of bringing in a new striker, they've been trying to do it, which is, you know, nice. They've been close, but as they say, close doesn't count unless it's horseshoes or hand grenades, and we are playing Major League Soccer here. Being close with your signings doesn't help anybody. Like, this is, you know, to me, as, as a University of Illinois graduate and, and follower of that basketball team, this is like, oh, we almost had that five-star recruit, or, oh, we almost had that big name from Chicago who transferred to another, who, who ended up signing with another school. Um rats we've almost had all these great guys and the chicago fire have almost signed so many players it's it's starting to get annoying right are they just trying to like justify their jobs you know in my last position i kept reminding my team do not confuse activity for productivity and right now the fire are being active but not productive so who have they been rumored to sign israeli striker aaron zahavi a 35-year-old striker, definitely a short-term move. Better not be a DP, but given the roster rules, if their transfer fees are over $2 million, then I think they have to be a DP. Again, maybe we'll do an episode specifically on roster rules and roster construction, but um, generally speaking, if their transfer fees over $2 mil, uh, they're going to have to occupy a DP slot. Uh, so if he does, they've got the open DP spot right now since they bought down Gaston Jimenez. Uh, with with allocation money but do you really want a 35 year old striker coming over from the Israeli league I, I don't know he here's the the crazy thing though from 2020 through 2022 he was playing for PSV Eindhoven and had 22 goals in 50 matches not a bad record in a decent league however that was in through 2022 he's coming over from the Israeli league I, I don't know if it's going to translate well and again only 50 appearances in in two three seasons um, with PSV Eindhoven uh, doesn't really really give me confidence that he's going to play a full 34 matches for the fire plus leagues cup plus god forbid the fire make the playoff then they've got to win maybe a wild card and then play a three rounds like that's a lot of soccer for a 35-year-old striker. I don't, I don't know. If they were to sign him, I don't know if he's going to be as productive as they think or as his numbers in the past have borne out. I was actually pretty excited to hear the Fire were rumored to sign Greek striker Georgios Koutsias, um, or Yorgos Koutsias, uh, as I try to put my own ethnic spin on it. Um, yes, I'm Greek. There will be a lot of Greek references throughout the course of this podcast. This is a 19-year-old Greek youth international, came up with PAOK, P-A-O-K, uh, which is a top club in the Greek Super League. Um, I really like that they're pursuing this player. He's young, and, and it gives them a lot of options on what to do with him because of his youth. He could be a long-term solution here. You could bring him in on a couple years and then sign him to a three-, four-year deal with some options, and he could be your striker for the next five years. You can use the U22 initiative spots on him if, if he's worth it. You could make him a DP then if he is proving to be worth it at age 22, 23. Keep him even longer. Could be one of your like modern era career Chicago Fire players if, if all goes well. Or he could be the next John Duran, be a huge success in a short time in, in the MLS, and then you sell him for another tens of millions of dollars, right? When you sign a young promising striker like that, there's so many options 
I just wish they could get this deal done. Uh, they also struck out with Brazilian striker John Kennedy playing with Fluminense, another 20-year-old young striker. Talks have failed. They also failed to sign another Brazilian left back, um, Kaiki or Kaiki, a uh, 19-year-old, but apparently nothing developed out of that. You're just getting some reports uh, coming out from some South American newspapers there. So looking at these recent swings and misses by the fire and and, and maybe the Kutsia's deal is not totally dead. I hope so. Lord, let's make it happen. Let's bring another Greek to Chicago. The Chicago Fire Office is either smart enough to know that their positions of immediate need are striker and outside back, but they're just not good enough to get the deals done. That, so they, they either suck at their job, or is there someone on Chicago Fire 2 who is ready to step up? Now, they recently signed Jake Fooderer to a Fire 2 deal. Now, he's a left back, played at DePaul University here in Chicago. He was second and third team Big East for the last three years, led to Paul in points. Uh, so when your left back is leading you in points, it doesn't say much about your program to Paul, but it does say that he may have the skill set to translate to the pro game here in major league soccer. Also, he's from Glenview suburbs of Chicago. Uh, shout out to where my in-laws live. And uh, so maybe the fire are doing some local scouting, whether at DePaul or whether they've been tracking him from his youth ranks uh, previously. So he could be a guy that they rely on to step up and, and provide some uh, defensive depth. Also, I anticipate the fire are going to kind of go for that youth movement, right? You already have Brian Gutierrez, 19 years old, Jairo Torres, 22. John Duran was 19. Had they not transferred him, he'd have been your starter. Uh, Carlos Turan, 22. Wyatt Olmsberg, 24 years old, not terrible for a center back. And goalkeeper Chris Brady, who's 18 years old. We also, speaking of guys on fire too who can step up, have Victor Bezerra, who is 23 years old, and in 16 appearances for fire two, had eight goals. Now, Victor Bezerra was a guy who was bouncing up and down between fire two and the senior club. So I, I, he had maybe a couple appearances uh, for the senior team. Yep, according to Wikipedia here, five appearances for the senior team, but no goals. But a lot of those were kind of token appearances. I think he got um, a, a shot in the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, but he's a guy who I think the Chicago Fire are going to look to to step his game up and maybe play alongside Shabilko or become the lone striker up front uh, since they have not been able to get any other big international signing um, off, you know, on the books, on the books are, and done. So look for Bezerra, look for Fooderer, and look for any other um, Fire 2 player to step up some names that you may not have heard. So let's take a look at some of the criticism now, right? They've been missing. They haven't been able to make these big signings, but yet there seem to be developing a, a bit of a pipeline of youth talent, either through local signings and scouting or through the fire Academy, through their MLS next pro team fire Two. I can only assume that's why George Heights is still here. I can only assume that Joe Mansueto is saying we're, we're building towards a sustainable line of talent, the sustainable, sustainable source of, players and development right you you can't go and heck just look at every other team around chicago you can't sustain success by just going out and signing everyone in the free agent market then again the chicago bears would actually have to have success first before they can sustain it anyway we digress that's for another podcast but i think that's why heights is still here 
I, I mean, there, he's he's relying on his youth team. He's building an academy. Um, he, he's he's building a, a second team. He's getting some of these guys acclimated to the to the first team. And that, to me, that's the only reason why Heights would still be here because he's missing on everything else, right? His his coach Ezra Hendrickson has has to prove a lot more. His coaching staff still has a lot to prove, uh, and he as a signing of international players has a lot. Now maybe also Mansueta likes him because of how he's managing uh, things between Logano and the fire. Uh, but I don't know too much about those inner workings. I don't think anybody does. Um, so that could be another plus or pro for why the fire organization is keeping around George Heights. Now, if that's the reason I have heard people suggest, and I kind of like the idea myself that, okay, then move him into some sort of like director of operations kind of a role and, and let him handle the business side of that. Or like, maybe it'd be looking like a demotion, but you make him like director of all fire Academy and youth programs, and then have a kind of funnel and universal idea, uniform ideas running through the entire fire youth program to get him to the senior club. And then he can still kind of have that work in cooperation with FC Logano uh, overseas in Switzerland. Uh, and then you bring in someone to just kind of be your senior team director of player signings or something of that nature. Um, it's an interesting idea. I kind of like it because then you can let people kind of focus in on their talents and what they're strong at. Um, but, you know, Mansueto's only in his third year as, as the main owner. So we'll see what uh, he's looking for this season and how short of a leash Heights and Hendrickson are on. Because before he starts dumping more money on Jardin Shakiri level type transfers, he's going to need to see some results. And with that, I am going to wrap up our episode. We went past the 20-minute mark, which is my usual goal, but huh, I'm all fired up here talking Chicago Fire fans. So if you like it, make sure you subscribe, download wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Glasshouse Soccer. And you can email me, glasshousesoccer at gmail.com. I want to thank you and look forward to having you tune in to the next episode.